Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Extra Reverb. It's episode number Hello. 21. Uh, uh, we back. Me, <laughs> Coker, a.k.a. Sweet Tuesday. Hey, hello. And Jacob, a.k.a. Lisa Domino. <laughs> My name's Jacob. Nobody likes me. And we were all hyped up because we just got out of an interview with Mr. King Ant, who will be appearing later on in this episode. Uh, we're going to talk yeah, to he's, him. He's a little shy, so he's kind of just like, you know, waiting to come in. He wants to get comfortable with you guys. And we're going to talk about everything from where he thinks the music industry is going, to his own production techniques, to some of our favorite artists, and a little bit more. So be sure to stick around for that. In the meantime, though, we got quite a few interesting topics, as always. What do we want to start out with? I think we should start off with the uh, very weird sound that I heard over the call music. Like, it was just playing over the call music. Like, hold music, I should say. When I called my doctor's office about two months ago. Go and listen to it really quick. I think I listened to it. Just remind yourself of how it sounds. It was that weird, like... Yeah, it kind of sounded like a... It kind of sounded like a cartoon guy being spun around, you know? I'm sorry, you were talking about the uh, piano? Uh, oh, here it is. You hear it? That's pretty good. You want to theorize what the sound is? Yes, that's what we're going to do right now. It's my guitar. It's my strat. I hear you. But anyways, wah -wah. The, my first thought was uh, it must be like some sort of interference with like the cell phone tower. But the thing is, it would repeat every time regularly. Like that was probably the fourth pass, which shows you how long I was holding. But no, that was like the fourth pass. And every single time it would repeat right then. And uh, I was like, after the third time, I was like, all right, that's it. I'm recording this. It's going to happen right here, and there it did. So it wasn't like interference. So wait, it wasn't happening every single time? It only happened like every single fourth time? No, this was the fourth time that it happened. Like the music would cycle through. It would, The song would finish, and then it would loop back and start over. And every single time at the exact same time in the song, that sound would be heard. And this was like the fourth loop that the song played. So this was like 10 minutes in because the song is about two and a half minutes long. Well, Does that make sense? It probably could just be because, you know, the whole idea with those is that the phone lines are so compressed with the audio that it sounds. That's what makes the whole, you know, uh, what's the word? Hold music sound is because how compressed phones are, you know, with the audio. Yeah, it I could mean, just be a it could be a frequency that can't be, you know, picked up by that small by how badly compressed it is, and it's just causing it to sort of flip out and make that noise. Huh. Well, then wouldn't you think that that would happen more often then? Because surely, like, this is a doctor's office. It's like a like semi professional environment. It's like it's not like Apple or anything. It's not like a super huge corporation, but still. There's lots of small businesses like that that still have hold music. Surely you'd think that would happen more often, right? But this is like one of a kind. 
Like, I have never heard anything like that in the 22 years that I've been alive. Man, you're just flexing today, aren't you? Man, you're just really flexing today. I'm I'm flexing my new life experience, man, and I can say that I have that experience now. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it is cool, <clears throat> but it was a little bit scary the first time. I was like, my phone's about to blow up. You know what I think it is, though? I think it's Gremlins. The hit movie by Steven Spielberg, guys. That's a good movie. Ew. No, it's E.T. trying to phone home. Wait, wait. Was was Gremlin Steven Spielberg? Uh, I don't know. I think no, so. that wasn't Steven Spielberg. I'm an idiot. It wasn't any of them famous people. It was, it was Joe Dante. I thought it was Toby McGuire. Not McGuire. McGuire. That wasn't even funny. I don't know why I said that. Um, anyways, um, Austin, are you okay? Because you said you were calling the doctor's office. You, yeah, you fine? Uh, this was like two months ago. It was a uh, skin doctor appointment. Oh, nice. We're making sure you didn't have skin cancer. I found out I'm allergic to my own body temperature. Oh. How about that? All right, let's talk about something else. Okay. So at the same part, every single time it was the same thing. Yeah, every like every single like whatever bar in the song it was, that's when it would start playing. That's when I would hear the noise. Hmm. And it, it, it did it happen if you called them now? Like, would it do the same thing? Probably. Then yeah, that's what I think. Then I'm thinking. I think it's genuinely just some sort of <sighs> frequency in the song that is. Going too hard on the compression and is causing that noise. If it's at the same part at the same time, every single time, it's something to do with either the recording or you know, something to do with the way that they used it. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't seem like it would be something with the recording because the rest of the song sounded fine. Why would it only be then and how could they not catch it? So it's definitely a problem in the phone line. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so you guys... Uh, to the audience, last week we talked about the infamous Klon Centaur pedal and how it doubles in value almost every year. And at the rate it was now, it was at $5,000 for one. Well, I bought a clone of it. I bought it literally the same day that we did the podcast, that episode. It came in the mail later that week on a Wednesday. And I have it with me right now. Um, Let me... Get it. It's the Joyo, which is a really good pedal company, by the way. For anyone who wants to get into really nice pedals, but not ones that are super expensive, um, Joyo is the way to go. Um, But this isn't sponsored by them, by the way. (laughs) Not that I should have to say that, but they they made this pedal called the Joyo Tarin. And... It's the same circuit as a as a Klon, but it does some things that I, I've never seen people do with the Klon, and if it does it with the Klon too, that'd be really nice, but so what it has here is, um, and I'll send a picture for Austin to show. Thank you very much. It has... You're a nice guy, Coker. I know. I'm such a lovely dude. It came in a really really nice box that was like all laminated with like gold and stuff but um but also i forgot to mention this pedal has been called the best clone of the clon so that's something to say um 
so you have the volume knob, self-explanatory. You have the tone knob, and what that is, it's basically just a a, tr a treble adjust, you know, like a high-end adjuster. So if you have it all the way down low, you're cutting off all the high-end, all the way up, you're boosting it all the way, and in the middle, you got it flat, all even. So then this is where it mimics the, the Centaur. The gain knob functions the same way that it does on the Centaur. When it's in the full, when it's in uh, all the way to the right, you know, it becomes, it has nothing but overdrive. And when you turn it all the way to the left, that's clean. There's no distortion going on. And it, it's not necessarily like you're adding gain, like I said with the Centaur. It's, you're, it's more of a blend between the two of them. And this is amazing. I love this because it's, it's, oh, by the way, the day I bought it and played it, it's or that moment, it already had become my second favorite pedal. My first one is obviously the Big Muff by Electro Harmonics, but this is my second one now because of one big function that it has, you can use this as a, you can use this as a boost. Like a booster grande? Yeah. And that's what I love because I've never had a boost pedal and it's so useful. Because what I can do is, I have my tube amp, which is fun and all, but it it's one of them where it doesn't have a master volume. It only has one volume knob, so when you crank it up, hmm. the only way you can get it to you know actually go into overdrive is to crank it up all the way. But what the Taran does, I can run it through, crank up the volume knob, and crank up the tone all the way, and just don't mess with the gain at all, and boom, it's a boost pedal. And it's driving, like I've had it set with this thing, where I can crank down the volume on the tube amp as low as it'll go, and it still is driving the tubes. Hmm. And that is amazing to me, because then I can use it, I can mic it and play it quietly, and I'll have a nice, good, overdriven sound. And then, if I actually add in the gain, it becomes distortion, which is amazing to me, and I love it. Um, there's some things I've never played around with. For one, um, there's a switch on the back that I noticed that it just says three things. It says sync always and off don't know what that means i'll find out eventually and i'll tell you that i'll tell you guys that but for now this is amazing if you can get this pedal it's cheap by the way it's only about 60 bucks at most which is very cheap for one of these types of pedals and yeah it, it it's worth it because not only does it function as a really good overdrive but it like I said, it can also function as a super good boost pedal. The possibilities you know, are well endless. Yep. But you just bought another pedal recently too, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. So, little story. So, because it has a bit of a funny story behind it. So, so one day, uh, I'm having to go, I'm having to go to my aunt's house to take my little sister somewhere, and I have to go because they're doing some sort of arts and crafts thing. This was like a week. This was literally the weekend after I got the, the, the tarim, I go and I have to drop my little sister off. And right near my aunt's house is a music store. And this music store had had a reputation in our area as being like, you know, a $30 pack of some, you know, like a, like a $10 cable could be charged for $30. That's the type of people that would run the shop originally. So I decided, you know, let's just go in there anyway just to see what happens. And it turns out they got a new guy running it. He is super nice. And I was asking if they had any sort of... I wanted a Univibe. He said they didn't have a Univibe. 
but they had a chorus pedal and I was like, okay, I'll get that. And I, he pulled out a Dan Electro fab chorus. And the first thing I thought was, this is a $20 pedal. He's probably going to sell it to me for 50. He was like, uh, okay. Can I, he said 39. And I was like, well, that's, that's much better than what I was expecting. So I ended up getting it, taking it home. First thing that happened was I opened it up and the battery compartment in there had been messed up. So I'm forced to use DC or I'm forced to use AC or whatever it is. I'm forced to plug it up in the power supply and I used it and it's super good. It's such a fantastic pedal. Uh, Dan Electro, the fab line, even though they've long since stopped making them, I'm pretty sure it's fantastic because they're really not, they're sort of like the Joyo. They're not expensive and they're really well made. And the fab chorus in particular is really good because you can get really good. Like if anyone knows, like Mac DeMarco really like indie rock tones out of it. My favorite thing sometimes to do is to just go and crank up the settings all the way. So you just have all the chorus effect going on super deep and then super quick. So you're just getting like while you're playing and it's fun to experiment with. And especially with the Klon, if you want to know my pedal board at this point is a, is the Taran first, the Tysco octave fuzz, the rat distortion, my favorite pedal of all time, the op amp big muff. And then finally the fab chorus goes into it after the end of it because distortion doesn't go well after chorus. Um, and that I've been using that a whole lot lately and it's super fun to work with. And I think these two pedals in particular really made this whole board for me because then I can get really good, like classic tones, you know, and then if I switch to like the rat or if I switch to the Tysco fuzz, I can get some good like alternative tones Yeah, and the big muff, of course. And then top all that off with the chorus, I can get even more tones because then the overdrive becomes or the big muff going through it becomes the Jimi Hendrix tone, you know, even though he used a univibe and a, uh, was it a, what's the term? Uh, fuzz face, big muff going through the chorus sounds pretty similar to it. And it's fun to just mess around with it. So I think that these were pretty good buys, honestly. Uh, if you guys have anything to say or ask. Actually, I'm going to be cutting all that out. Austin. <laughs> it boring. It big boring. Nah. Again, the possibilities are endless. And just uh, like my love for um Spider Man PS4. Nice. Well, just like uh, my love Coker, for Jacob. Coker, could you please send a picture of this pedal as well? Yeah, he uh, yeah. Did. Not that Not one, that the chorus. One. Talk about the fab chorus. Dang it. Um <laughs> And so, your pedal board also, too. I think I think people want to see that too. Yeah, it's not necessarily a board. I don't actually have a board yet for it. It's just the line of pedals I have. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. But um, should build your own. I want to. I really do. I want to get some wood and build it. I want a wooden one, but I don't have enough room already. So I'm just keeping them on the floor for now. <laughs> but yeah. uh, come on, direct space for the power. Jacob, you just sent do me that pedal. Though. What Coker? You just sent me cringe. Not as cringe as your cringe. I was gonna say this 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 pedal looks like something it would have been made in the nineties. Like some kind of weird. It's from like two thousand five, I think. 
That makes sense. It's definitely a weird looking one. That just screams like two th- like nineteen ninety nine, you know, computer hardware. Hmm. Like some kind of like speaker thing or something. Yeah, no, I'm surprised the guy. Like it it's a lot so of the, does. A lot of the stuff the guy has in there is old stock. Is like older stock that I really want to go in there because I looked and he had some like more big muffs and he had some good fuzz looking pedals and a bunch of boss ones too. I really would love to check out and see what more he's got. It's just the last time I went was with that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to uh, also in other pedal news for me this week, I'll be getting a fuzz face DIY pedal kit and I could, I will build my own pedal. That this is tr- that's not tr- that's not wrong. That's the truth. It's coming in this probably Monday Which, or Tuesday. Uh, what pedal will you build? It's a Arbiter Fuzz Face. Oh, all right. Another Fuzz man. I love Fuzz. That's my favorite effect. And it's funny because Fuzz can be s- changed so much. Like literally, all you have to do to change a Fuzz is change a knob or you know change a transistor or a diode in there and then boom you got a whole different pedal yeah well that's crazy that's where 90 percent of the fuzzes were born out of you had the uh the original fuzz tone or the maestro fuzz you know and some guy took that and was like you know let me add a little let me instead replace it with a germanium i think it's a transistor germanium transistor and then boom then you have the tone bender and then some dude was like, you know what, let me replace your tone banner. Let me take the germanium one and put a different one in there. Boom, then you have the fuzz face. Then another dude was like, hey, let me replace that with a op amp. And then boom, you have the big muff, you know? Yeah. Literally the whole story of fuzz. And then some dude was like, let me put a couple transistors in a little special way so that it makes the guitar go all really high. And then boom, you have octave fuzz. Hmm. Very cool. It's The fuzz is the most like rudimentary plain and simple guitar effect out there besides like one of the ones that are like buffers, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to something else. Uh, did you guys watch that video called I put piano strings on a toy piano? I, I watched it before only you did. I actually saw it. In yeah. The past. Same. We watched it before you did. And then we checked the group chat and Austin's like, Hey, here, look at this new revolutionary idea that I found. I don't watch this. I'm not subscribed to this guy, but I do like this guy. He makes cool content. You should check him out, guys, by the way. Well, let's talk about this. How did you guys feel about the final result? I mean, it, it definitely I'm not sounded sure. cool. Like, I mean, like, I would, like, it'd be kind of cool to sample that and, like, try it in some projects or something, you know? Yeah. How would you fit it in, though? Like, how would you fit what in? This, this thing, this piano. It almost sounds more like bells than an actual piano. I I th- I, th- I replied to it. I said that they should put like ukulele strings or guitar strings in there because I think those would work better. That's a good idea. You know, it probably would have sound cool in my uh in my song Christmas Wish. Bells, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, speaking of Austin, go ahead and cut this out if you don't want this in for some reason. Remember that awesome xylophone patch you made? Like, did you ever make that like public for people to like download and use? No, I didn't. Maybe I should. Because it sounds really good, and I've used it in quite a few songs, I think. No, I definitely used it in Rain Cloud. Probably should make that public. Tell you what, I might make a video about that, actually. Because yeah, awesome, Why dude. not? I thought you did. I did make a video about making it, but I might yeah, make a video yeah, yeah, yeah. announcing it. 
honestly dude like you should do more stuff like that like just like or me too like we should just release patches and stuff and like maybe we have like a google yeah. doc of like here's sample a patch packs. made by this guy here's a patch you know by coker i will or say this jacob i will say this that sample pack is going to be like huge for a reason because there's like eight nine ten layers for every single note but that's that's good though you know what i mean that's it is cool good about but it. It, it takes like a while to load i will yeah, say yeah, that yeah. but but it sounds I'll, good. I'll like release it sound, it. You know, like whenever I want to use an xylophone patch, I that's my go-to is yours because it's real. You know. Yeah, I have a um patch that I've been working on lately, and Austin can relate to this, uh, because there's no real good one that's publicly available. I've had some that are privately available, but I'm making one that's publicly available, and it's basically been like a three-year journey of me making a sound font of the Thomas the Tank Engine synth noises. That's always cool to do. Like the Jupiter 8. They used the Jupiter 6 for it. I'm definitely downloading that when you finish. Yeah. The only sound so, font I can release is my screams, <laughs> <laughs> which is a fun one to use, by the way. We should, yeah. I should release that. We should release that. <laughs> Hurry before your voice drops. Yeah. No, nah, but um, I have, I made a version one of it. Version one was done. Basically what I did was I went through actual Thomas music and pulled out parts where you could just hear one synth part, which was hard. Yeah. And I went and I put those through a sampler and just it was literally one sample running through the whole keyboard. It sounded awful. That was one that was version one. Version two was done with my Yamaha CS, the little mini synth key keyboard I have. And that was alright. It wasn't the best. Version three was done more recently, and that was done with Logic's built-in synths. That one was better, but the one I'm going to do this time, this is the fourth version of it. It's probably going to be the best one. Is one that actually uses a Jupiter 8 VST by Arturia to recreate them. Mm. And I have my friends helping me out. A bunch of the people in the Tom's community who do music with me, they're all helping me out with this. And we're going in and trying to get everything as accurate as possible. What we're going to do is we're going to actually going to record each note on a keyboard. So we're not yeah. just going to be sitting there and, you know, doing like, oh, C and G on one, each octave, you know. We're doing yeah, yeah, yeah. every single note, note for note. And getting All right, it right, man. I'm definitely downloading that when you finish. Um, if you know some, do you know how to convert it to an SF2 file? Yeah. I use a polyphone. I use polyphone. I mean, I don't, that, I don't know how to convert it to an SF2 file, so you, you might could have to teach me that too. Maybe I'll figure it out, and that'll be a new way to package my sounds instead of just having them as samples that you have to load in. Because right now, what I could make for uh, that xylophone patch, that's just a reason in an XT patch. Yeah, It's not a sample pack at all. It's not a sound font file. We, um, we use, like, f the most interesting one that we had to do was uh, the, this little mallet sound that is in some of the songs from the series. There's like this mallet that's like, you know, it's this really high sort of xylophone sounding thing. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. We tried so hard to figure it out on our own until one day I was watching, funny enough, Garfield and Friends, that old the old cartoon with Garfield. And the first episode <laughs> has a shot of Garfield sleeping and it has Brahms lullaby playing in the background. And you can hear, the, and it's the same exact noise. So I went, and I started looking up how to make a xylophone noise. And eventually I found a guy doing it, funny enough, with the Yamaha CS. And I did the same thing, but with the Jupiter. And it turned out perfectly. And we've all listened to it, and it's literally exactly like the bell noise. So funny enough, Garfield's the reason we were able to figure out 
one of the hardest noises from Thomas and Friends to make. Very nice. Another funny thing, another thing we realized was, um, in our whole thing was the flute noise. There's a flute noise that they made that they used for everything. They used it for, when you listen to the actual intro, you hear that whistles. That is done with the flute noise as well as all of the whistles. So like Thomas's whistle, Gordon, all of the whistles that were done. Yeah. All of them were done with the flute noise. Now there's other sounds that are already free. That everyone knows about. The Proteus, for example. Yeah, I got that one. The Proteus pack is already out. That's known. Um, There was a group of people that were sitting on one sound, and we've never been able to get it, but we don't care because it's not... We're focusing on season one and two. We're not focusing on the whole Proteus stuff. Um, But there was one sound they had that was a little... I don't know what the word is. Like, Isn't it like Glacendo or something? Like the little... The thing where the heart... Glissando? Like the thing where the hearts go like... Yeah. yeah, that's Glissando. Yeah, Glissando. They had one of that. They had the one they found, and nobody, they weren't willing to give it up, so we were just like, okay, well, we don't care because it's... Interesting. Because we're doing season one and two. That doesn't bother us. <laughs> well. Uh, but, um... Yeah, I'm going to make a sample for you guys right now, so start clipping this. <laughs> you can use that in any song, copyright. <laughs> Not needed. All right, well, we're about to the end of this episode. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Because I got one more thing that we can fit in. I'm good. You're good. We could just, we could just, we could just cut it here if you want. Maybe, but I have one more thing. Oh, oh, we're If you have going. one more thing you want to talk about, then do it. Ha ha. That's a nice sample right there, too. Okay, uh, go to the pinned messages. There's something that I just added. Scroll down a bit to where it says, Is here's it- the original. I have a feeling you guys didn't listen to this either, but I did that tone transfer thing that Andrew Huang was talking about in that one video. I saw that. You did? Yeah. There's one thing that I wanted to say. This thing is really sensitive on velocity. So like if you have a bit of velocity variance in the original mix down that you do, that you import into this program, it will give like a whole lot more variance in velocity. If one note is just a little bit quieter, it's going to be a whole lot quieter in this. But it sure is interesting. Uh, funny enough, it's not like it got transferred into like a perfect violin sound. It's just different, you know? Yeah. Did you hear it, Jacob? Yes. Violin part one and tone transfer violin? Yes, sir. Uh, you guys will hear it, obviously. But anyways, um, I also transferred it into um, a trumpet, right? And I saw that. I thought that was cool. It doesn't really sound like a trumpet. It has a very violin-esque like, tone to it still. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of vibrato in the original sample, which is what I was using to program that part. But anyways, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with, like, I imported all of the uh, new violin sounds from Tone Transfer. I had to overlap them because sometimes it only does 15 seconds at a time, so sometimes the transitions weren't clean, so I had to do some overlapping, but... 
I think I got it to work fine. I thought it sounded good. Yeah, it definitely sounded interesting. It's definitely interesting that they can do that. The future is now. And like I said, I feel like it's still a good way to upscale some MIDI because if you had a really... See, I didn't have a terrible violin sample, but if you had a terrible violin sample, you could probably plug it into tone transfer. Blend them together. Make it cool. Yeah, or just like replace it if that's what you want to do. Or, or just maybe quit making music. Maybe. How about this, actually? If you had like a bad quality recording of somebody on a violin, like somebody take a recording of a violin like with their phone or something and it's not that good of a quality, you could import that into tone transfer. Save the recording. It'd be like drum replacement at that point. You guys know people do drum replacement all the time, right? Yes. Anyways. Okay, and uh, we'll start the interview section now. Here with us today we have Mr. King Ant. Welcome to Extra Reverb. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate it. Welcome. So Mr. King Ant is going to tell us a bit about what he does. First off, we'll say he has a website, which we'll be linking in the description. That will give you links to everything that he finds important including his music and his podcast. So please tell us, Anthony, uh, what exactly it is that you do, and how'd you get started? Like what well, gave you inspiration um, to do what you do, and what is it that you do? Well, um, like I said, my name is Anthony, a.k.a. King Ant. Um, I mostly do lo-fi music. Uh, lo-fi has always been... It's just something about lo-fi that, that connects with me and it just inspired me to just, just to, you know, produce it. And I feel like if I can produce good enough music, it can change, kind of change the world in a positive way. Because lo-fi music has that type of vibe to it that makes people calm and, and just spread positive vibes everywhere. And that's my, that's my biggest thing on, on my channel and on my label is just positive vibes. And I just want to spread that to the world with my lo-fi music. Um, I am the CEO of my own record label, Too Real for Fame. Um, as he said, link, link in the description. Um, I have three people right now who is actually signed to that. Only one of them actually have music. I'm just really just getting it, getting it off the ground as it's right now. I just got my, um, I just got my, uh, I just got a patent. And I just started up this website and it's, it's nice. starting, yeah, it's just starting to get going. And so I'm trying as hard as I can to, you know, get it up and running. But, um, you know, it, it ain't nothing stressing about it. You know, just as long as I make sure that my message is clear, it's, I don't have to be as big as, you know, Jay-Z or whatever. As long as it's doing what it's supposed to be doing, I'm glad with it, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of lo-fi myself. Yeah, lo-fi, so, lo-fi music is just awesome to me. So, like, how did you get started, though? Um, when and how? Well, how I how I found lo-fi music, I think, is how um, everybody, I think, maybe found it. I don't know. I can't really speak on everybody, but I feel like most people maybe found it, you know, on YouTube. I don't know if anybody knows this, but this is, like, this big stream on, on YouTube. It's, like, lo-fi, hip-hop, chill, music to study by or whatever. And I, yeah, I there's like twenty up, of those. Yeah, it's like twenty, <laughs> but it's the it's the the main one. It's like the one with the girl, 
She's writing in the... Um, uh, you're going to have to be a bit more specific than that, but no, we know what you're talking about. You're talking about, you're talking about the one from uh, our, Chill our favorite Chill bovine, Cow. Chill Cow. Yeah. yeah. Big supporter. Big fan of... Well, whoever yeah, is. Big, yeah, whoever he is. I don't know who really runs big, that. Big fan like, of the bovine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I've, Eat more I chicken. Across, <laughs> I ran across um, that channel on YouTube one time, and um, and I just kept listening to it. And listening to it, and it's, it was just amazing to me. And, and when, at the when time, was this? Sorry, when was this? This was probably back in 2017, like 2017, I think. And I didn't start, and I didn't start really deciding to to make the lo-fi music until like a year after or whatever. Because I, at the time, I I was already you know producing music, but I was just doing hop, hip hop. Um, I was doing country. I was. I was doing all a bunch of stuff, but like I just did it because I love music or whatever. But I didn't have like a favorite genre to like produce. And then but I was just like one day it just hit me while I was listening to the lo-fi music and I was like, you know, I can actually try to do this myself and and try to spread, you know, the positive vibes that it brings and I'll make lo-fi at the time lo-fi music wasn't as popular as it was like now. Like right now it like it really picked up popularity. But at the time, it wasn't that popular. Cause I would tell like some of my classmates about lo-fi, and they would be like, "What is that?" You know. But now you probably hmm. they probably get an idea of it. What it is now? Cause it it has picked up popularity now. But at the time, I wanted to like get it at the point where like hip hop is like people know what hip hop is. I wanted to get I wanted to bring up lo-fi music to that point of popularity. It was like, oh yeah, that's you know that's that thing you can hear it on the radio. It got its own little radio station now. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and, that, yeah, and I just... Well, yeah, the thing I, about that is, like, um, how hip-hop, like, traditional hip-hop has its own radio stations, like on Sirius XM, mm-hmm. lo-fi is kind of, like, only an internet thing. Like, yeah. that is... YouTube is the radio station for lo-fi, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Um, yes. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that made me realize kind of how it had grown in popularity was when Will Smith uploaded his uh, collection of lo-fi beats with an animation of him writing in a study book like the the lo-fi girl from College Music or Chill mm. Gal. And the thing is, those were decent beats too. Mm. It wasn't like something slapped together. A lot of beats from people that I'd never heard of, actually. Yeah. And then he posted another one too. It wasn't just a one-off thing. He posted another one that I thought was even better. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, really- uh... I'm sorry. No, yeah, Will Smith. Will Smith is always like down with you know what's going on. You know he has a love for music too. So you know. Yeah, well, it was a nice nod for sure. Uh, so, anyways, now, uh, please tell us about your podcast. Oh uh, yes, um, I have a podcast called King at Vibes. The podcast it is just a slap on name for my original lo-fi music channel, King at Vibes. I just put the podcast at the end of it. But um, what I talk about up there is. Like news and you know rumors or whatever that goes on in the music industry, you know for and I do um album reviews and just my opinion about how I feel about some things. Uh, I know my latest episode I talked about two new albums that came out and I talked about um one musician who had who had died recently who had got shot King Von and I just you know speaking my opinions about it. I talk about the album covers, how I feel about it, and and I just, you know, give my little insights of it. I also have, um, sometimes I might do Q&As on my podcast. 
if like I get enough popularity or well, not really popularity, but like views and stuff, you know, to do a Q and A. And um, I had did that one time. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it again or not. It depends on you know how the future decays for me. But it's just a place for people who just got like, you know, maybe you just got home from work. You don't really know what to watch from and you just want to sit down. You got some other stuff to do, you know, turn on my podcast, you know, just chill, man. You know, I'm big, like I said before, I'm big on vibes. Yeah. So that's why I just try to bring to my people. You got his whole mission statement for both his, both his music and his podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, man. <laughs> Impressive. That's more than what I got going on. <laughs> uh, Anyways, either one of you guys want to ask him a question? Yeah, I got a big question. Who, what would, what, who, like if you could name a particular artist in particular, who would you say inspired you to even get into music in the first place? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, this is like like before all, even even before the lo-fi stuff. Like, what inspired you from the very beginning? Oh, the very beginning. Oh, well, if you're talking about like the very beginning, it's not an artist. It's my um, I have a brother, and he used to um uh, make music. He doesn't anymore. But uh, when I was like little, and uh, I used to watch him make music, and I just not just thought I was cool like making music. <laughs> my brother was doing, and my brother could sing. He could sing real good. And so, and I can't yeah. sing. So I was like, maybe if I can make music, I make up for my, you know, lacking in having a voice, <laughs> lacking the singing. So that's what I did. He inspired me to actually start making music and making beats. Very nice. But if you want to, like, if you want to know, like, what artists, like, made me want to, like, do lo-fi music and stuff, it had to be, like, X. And, and if everybody know, like, on his first uh, album, he came out with um 17 Seventeen, the first song Jocelyn Flores yeah. had on um, Shallow, Shallow Shallow Dynasty sample. Yes, yes, and that I fell in love with that immediately once I heard it. And I have an X tattoo on my right arm, and just, you know, X was just he had a whole place in my heart. Right on, right on. We all have artists like that for sure. That, as he said, he took up a whole place in his heart, man. Jacob, you got a question? Uh, I guess the only thing I, I want to ask for right now is, um, I don't know if you ever listen to modern day, uh, pop music, but if you do, like, what are your thoughts on where the music industry is going as of late? Um, pop music. Uh, I've been keeping up with, um, my favorites in the pop industry, like Billy Otter, she's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Khalid, he's one of my favorites. And, um... You know, pop music don't really, oh, as far as I know, uh, I don't know if pop music got anything like, like going right now. Yeah, yeah. But like pop music is is always a great genre to listen to. Like, and I feel like some people don't, some, I feel like sometimes uh, nowadays people are so hooked up on hip hop that they forget about these under awesome genres that we have like country and, and pop like example. I know I know like pop is second from hip hop. Like yeah, definitely. if you ask if you get a whole yeah if you get a whole like vote going on, hip hop probably first and then pop would be like second. But like I feel like if if we can balance what we listen to, I feel like it'll make us like very it it make us mentally better. Cause I feel like too much of one thing is 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 not good. Yeah, yeah. Got to sure. be well-rounded. Yeah. With that in mind, let me ask you this. You mentioned country a few times. Who are some of your favorite country artists? 
Uh, my favorite country artist is probably Kenny. I, I forget how to uh, say his last name. Chesley? Chesney? Oh, Kenny Chesney. Yeah, yeah. Yes, my first song from him is Pirate Flag. I love that song. My second one is probably Kenny Kenny Combs. He's from North Carolina too. And I, you know, those two, them two are my favorite. I love listening to them. I have another one, but I I just found him, so I don't I can't like give his name off the top of my head. So like, but I have another one. I can't remember though. But country music is awesome, man. Some people be sleeping on it, and I don't know why. I think it's because of the memes or stereotype or whatever. But yeah. I personally never got into it, which is kind of funny because I have a, I have quite a few people on my dad's side who are into it because they're you know they're from Texas. Mm-hmm. I hear them listen to them quite often. I just for me personally, I can't really get into it. Not saying it's bad, but yeah, I agree. That's you know that's a genre that you know, a lot of people kind of forget about. Yeah. Well, until Little Nas X, of course, released old, uh, you know, Old Time Road. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, obviously yeah. that one's a solid <laughs> song. You know, you can't complain about that one. That one's a that one's a bop. Yeah. It's a really good crossover for sure. Um, but let me ask you this. You said you had just found a new country artist. So how do you find new new music to listen to? So what I usually do is I go on YouTube, right? You know how they give you suggestions after like a video or whatever you um yeah, of course. get done watching? Yeah, so I'll just pick random stuff. Like you can't be afraid to jump in something new. That's what a lot of people seem to like. They're, they're scared to jump into a new artist or a new, a new anything really because they don't know what it is. But... Once you jump in, you might not like it. You might like it. What's the, you know, it's not, it's not going to hurt you if you don't like it. You just don't like it. But you might find something that might change your whole perspective on something or it might be something that you might have needed. Like songs are like kind of medicine to the soul. I try, I kind of think of it like that. And some songs, it just hit different. So you might just find that song that might hit different to you. But you never, you will never listen to it if you're just so afraid to, you know, jump into new things. So, I just, you know, random person I see on YouTube, he does country. I'm like, oh, let me listen to this real quick. I might like it, I might not. That's how I found new music to listen to. Yeah, you and I are very similar in that respect because I can't tell you how many times I just go browse around on YouTube and let the recommended feed play and see where it leads me. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, I remember the first lo-fi beat I ever heard. I would have never heard that Elijah Who beat if I had never just... Uh, clicked on something in the recommended feed yeah it wasn't even on the radio station the lo-fi stream the radio there because that wasn't even i don't think that it even started up at that point this was early 2017 and i'm pretty sure these lo-fi beat makers most of them didn't even have their own channel some of them hadn't even started this was just somebody that just posted these kinds of beats and it was just in the recommended and i clicked on it and right away i was like ooh. Very nice. Very, very yeah. nice. <laughs> well, I think it's time we shift topics a bit. And uh, please tell us about your production style. What gear you use. What, what doll like, you um, use, buddy. Yeah, we always like to talk about uh, gear and like software. So yeah, hit us with it. Okay, well, um, I will go. I have uh, multiple, so I'm going to order for you. Um, the first one I started with, with was Cubase. I don't know if anybody... And then one of y'all heard of it. It's um, Cubase. Um, my band teacher actually recommended it to me when I wanted to start producing. And so that was the first one I started using. Then I then I heard about, you know, the popular one, FL Studio. That's what Metro Boom and, you know, the big producers were using. 
So I got into that. Yeah. I have Ableton, but I do not use it as much because it's a um it's a strong DAW to use. Like you had it's different, I mean, man. Some, it's different. And I want to really get into it, but I I haven't I haven't so far. I have it, but I haven't so far. Um GarageBand, I I love GarageBand. It's easy to use. It's um, you know, it's simple. Uh I go to it the time to time, but you know, mostly I stay on Cubase because you know that's where my heart is. Well not really the heart is you know, where I started with. So mm-hmm. then then I have Odyssey. Odyssey I learned um about when I went to um a full cell labs. Um and they was using Odyssey, and I picked it up. Odyssey is a great way. I feel like Odyssey is good for eating um, EDM, um, but that's just my opinion. You know, I'm not. It's not a professional opinion. It's just my opinion. Hmm. And um, I had, and I just got this new one. It's Logic Pro, and Logic Pro is really just GarageBand. So if if anyone's thinking about getting Garage Logic Band Pro, too. yeah, if anyone feels like getting uh, Logic Pro and already has GarageBand, I feel like. You know, just use GarageBand. You don't need to spend two hundred dollars on Logic Pro just for another GarageBand. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, those yeah. are the dolls I have. Yeah. For me personally, I use Reason, but then I decided uh-huh. I got a MacBook, so like I have to get uh, Logic. I-, I never use it. Not to say it isn't good, because I I think it's awesome uh, for what it can do. I just can't get into it. It's just the workflow, man. Yeah, it it really is. See, for me, it's like it's harder. Like I don't want to like fight with the doll when it comes to like trying to figure out, you know, making yeah, a song. I just yeah. want to be able to sit down and work on the song. So it's like when you're learning how to make these dolls, you're better off just like learning and like just experimenting with songs as opposed to like, all right, let's make a new song and then you know sitting in a new doll you never used before because more likely than not you'll give up before you you know you can get anything down. Yeah. Talking about software, is there any uh, special like synths, like any VSTs you have? That you use in V production? As far as I'm concerned, I do not have anything that special. Um, I usually, most of the things I do are sometimes I will record myself. If not, then I, you know, got the instruments that's on the door. Um, I play guitar and I play flute and I'm working on my keyboard skills right now. Nice. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you got a MIDI controller to play with? I do. I have a 49 MIDI keyboard back in my apartment. And I have a small one, too. Oh, okay. So you don't have one with you now, but no, you are not. learning. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm uh, kind of the same way. I play guitar mostly, and I'm still working on my uh, keyboard skills. Mm-hmm. But I've actually started off playing the drums. Anyways, I was going to mention earlier... You know, the big three are like, the big three in the beat producing battles are like FL Studio, Ableton, and uh, Logic. Yeah. All three of us have used Logic at some point, and we haven't even touched the others except for Jacob, who started out on FL. And if you know anything about FL and Logic, you know that they are completely different. FL and Logic is completely different. Yes, they are. I used Ableton in like live sets in the past, but I've never used it as a DAW, and it wasn't my copy either. Cause that's yeah. expensive. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Ableton is like known for you know the best job used for live stuff. You know, so is why it's called live. Live. I mean, exactly. I think it's hilarious <laughs> how everybody calls it Ableton, but the actual program is called Live. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been able to wrap my head around FL Studio. It's just so different for him. 
Yeah. See, I started with FL Studio. I think FL Studio has a lot of pros to it when it comes to how easy it is to kind of like, you know, use it. And without a doubt, it has the best piano roll. Um, mm-hmm. And I love Reason's sequencer, but I, I do like how FL Studio does its piano roll. But I don't like the onboard sounds on FL Studio. I feel like it's really lackluster, especially compared to Reason or maybe even Logic. Yes, definitely logic. My main problem with FL has always been it's always weird. It's always been awkward for me to try to record audio in FL Studio. That that's that's fair. Uh, I haven't used I the agree, newest. I, agree you know, I haven't that. used FL Studio in a long time, especially some of the newer versions. I don't know how recording is now, but back in the day, like with like FL Studio eleven and twelve, I don't think it's that good. I think it's better now. I would be very surprised if it was not better now. Yeah, I mean, we're talking like it's been literally eight upgrades since then anyways uh so what kind of guitar do you usually like is it usually uh finger picking flat picking strumming a little bit of everything a little bit of everything yeah i got um uh sorry i i, I speak kind of crazy acoustic did i say that right yeah no that's acoustic. fine yeah that's yeah, right yeah. acoustic yeah acoustic sometimes i say it crazy like a cool kick or whatever so i try to pronounce i wish it was pronounced that way <laughs> I try to pronounce my words as best I can, but yes, I—that's the own guitar I play. Yeah. What brand? I do not know actually. I do not know. It was a gift from my uh, grandfather, and I didn't even look at what. Brand. Uh, I thought. <laughs> I thought you were. It sounded like you were about to say it was a Gibson. Nah, that'd nah. be funny. <laughs> I can't even tell you if it is or not. You know, it might be. I have two Alvarezes. I have a regular Alvarez, and then I have a baritone Alvarez, and I think. I like Alvarez. Do not ask okay. Austin what guitar he wants most in his life because it, 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 it like, you know, <laughs> that's it. Came up yesterday ever in says. our private chat, which is funny. I'm starting to reconsider that, to be honest, and I'll tell you why later. But right now, let's finish this interview really quick because I know Anthony, you got to leave in a few minutes, right? Yeah, I do. Any other topics that we want to talk about, really quick? Do you want to ask us anything? Yes. Um, Are you aiming? Let me ask one quick question. Are you trying to get the new PS5 or the Xbox Series X? <laughs> I'm actually trying to get. I'm a PS. I'm PS5. Let's man. go. PS5, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, but you know it's running. It's being sold out everywhere. You know, can't even yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, my, I'm. I'm waiting to, for it to um to get on, in the store so I can actually grab it. Oh no! I feel you. I feel you on that. And I'm gonna get the disc version because I feel like yes. in the future you have the disc. It's gonna be a car, it's gonna be a, you know a little bit cash on you know. So I'm gonna get the disc version instead of the digital version. Yeah, same here. I, I'm a big fan of the disc version. Uh, not to flex on you or anything, but I got mine last night, so that's what I've been doing uh, <laughs> for all sure day long. <laughs> you sure yeah, man. Flex. I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> oh man, I'm just stoked, man. Oh man. Cloud nine over here. <laughs> nice. Well, do you have any questions for us, Mr. King Ant? Um, I would like to know. Um, I would like to know y'all favorite artists. Like, which yeah, one sure. Have, what artists have like is close to your heart? Mine is Owl City, or okay. anything done by that man Adam, because he has a lot of different names in the music industry or in the uh, musical world. Yes, sir. Uh, he has Owl City, Sky Sailing, Port Blue. Insect Airport, color Seagull Orchestra, it goes Color Therapy, it goes on and on and on. Uh, but yeah, anything he's done, that's pretty much I slap it on 
as my favorite. So yeah. Can't forget oh, yeah. Adam Young Adam scores, Young. man. Ugh, so good. Adam Young it's, scores. It's it's out of this world. Coker. My favorite is uh, a group from Memphis called Big Star. Mm. They were very not underground, but they they weren't very well known until like the eighties or the nineties. Okay. Big Star, I checked them out. They were like a uh, you know um I'm trying to think they did a lot of like country rock type stuff early on like. Think of like the Eagles or something like that. That was a lot of their early stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have a, I have two. I'm also a fan of Adam Young, Al City, and that's how me and Austin became friends, sort of. Um, but I'm also a huge fan yeah. of Tom DeLonge. Uh, you might know him from Blink 182, but I support him in pretty much everything he makes. You know, there's Blink, there's Angels and Airwaves, Boxcar Racer, like all kinds of stuff mm. he does. And you know, it's, you know, I'm a big su- fan of his style. Him? What's up? Do you support him in being my cousin? Y- yes. Do you support him in finding aliens? Yes. I gotta check them out. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I know Al City, though. I know Al City. Yeah, he's real something. Yeah, he is. He He's very... I love his music. Me too. Well, anyways, uh, I guess we'll let you get out of here and get what you get to what you gotta do. Um, Really appreciated having you on. And I appreciate y'all allowing me to come on. It was very nice to, you know, speak my opinions and enjoy yes, speaking sir. with each one of y'all. Um, it's always good to talk to um, fellow lovers of music, you know? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ain't that the truth. All right. Well, uh, with that being said, everybody, Mr. King Ant's link will be in the description to his website. Be sure to check him out. And if you don't click it, I will personally come over there with Tom DeLong and beat you with a guitar. Yeah, and then he'll flex on you about how he's got a PS5 and you don't. <laughs> oh, but I'll wear AirPods while I'm at it. I'll wear yeah. AirPods. <laughs> and a smartwatch. Oh, dude. oh, wow, not the smartwatch. <laughs> oh, man, Austin hates smartwatches, and I don't know why. <laughs> They're ugly. But anyways, oh, all right. God. See you, man. All right, thank y'all. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for joining. As always, me, Jacob Coker, signing off. Thank you also to our guest, Mr. King Ant, once again. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Good episode. Stay musical. Bye.